1: And welcome to episode 44 of The First Exchange with me, your host, Lydia Daydahl. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I am emotionally fragile after tonight's episode. Um, I always record the intro at the end of the podcast because I like to be able to tell you a little recap of what we spoke about. I had an incredible woman in the hot seat tonight, in the First Exchange seat, uh, a woman by the name of Amy Larry. You might have heard of her. You might have seen her on TV, Ireland AM. You might have read about her story in the newspapers over the last couple of months. Um, She is a lady who was diagnosed in February of this year with clear cell sarcoma, um, which resulted in her having to have her hand amputated. Um, She was in tonight to talk about her journey, to speak about being diagnosed, um, the journey that she's gone through, finding out that she had to have her hand amputated and um, how she's dealt with that how she's processed it the experience and now the next stage in the journey which is her um on her journey to raise money for her to get this uh bionic hand not a cheap bionic hand by any measure um 75 000 euro um is what it costs she's already uh, fundraised over €40,000 but there's still a massive chunk um, that she still has to, to fundraise. So I invited Amy in here tonight um, to talk about her story in the hope that you listen to it it resonates with you and you can hopefully throw a few quid her way um, and to the, the fundraising to help um, get this incredible woman um, the the hand that she deserves. And um, I, I'm honestly, um, I'm, I'm emotional. We've, we were all emotional here tonight, um, just to hear a story. And I mean, there's nothing much really that I can say. Um, only just to, to, to let you enjoy the episode. Um, what I'm, I'm, I've decided to do is for this week, um, if anyone donates to our Patreon, The First Exchange, um, Patreon.com forward slash The First Exchange. I will uh, donate any donations that we get to our Patreon to Amy and, and to her fundraising. Um, and I'm also going to join in on the, the sponsorship cards, the, the sponsored walks, everything that I can do. Um, I'm going to help her. And if you listen to this, if this episode resonates with you, please get in touch with her and give her anything that you can because she's an incredible woman. Incredible. Um, she made such an impact on me here tonight and um, her story deserves to be listened to and it deserves to be shared. So I will leave you with the 44th episode of The First Exchange with Amy Larry. Episode 44, Amy Larry, welcome. Thanks. <laughs> you're giggling already. No, yeah. You're nervous, <laughs> you're nervous. You're nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be nervous. This is a, a safe space, as I like to say, with everyone. Thank you so much for coming in. You're very welcome. I'm delighted. We must thank Audrey Coakley for setting this up. Um, she was hustling for you. She She's was. like, you need you need to you need to meet this girl, you need to hear her story. So I'm delighted. Um, I obviously was reading up about your journey, everything that you've been on. So I'm delighted that you've taken the time to come in. Thank you very much. Before we get talking about everything, you've been a bit of a a celebrity these last couple of weeks. Yeah, kind of. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Ireland AM. I see you doing stuff with the Mirror, Daily Mail, different stuff. Yeah. Um, And
2: um, I was alright to talk about the Amy's Army as well. Yeah, Yeah. of course. Talk about whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So the Amy's Army as well. So my friend set that up for me for the bionic arm. Yeah. The bionic arm. And, um, yeah, so that's big, that's been rolling and um, I got on to Ireland, I am through that as well, so.
1: So every, our listeners that are listening there, they'll be like, bionic arm, what's going on? The, who yeah. is Amy Larry and what is her story? So obviously you were in, um, you, you decided to, to go, I suppose public, that would be yeah. the, the only way to say, go public the last couple of weeks, months, with, um, you were diagnosed with clear cell sarcoma. Yeah. What year were you diagnosed with this? I was diagnosed this year. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, in February, um, on the 26th of February, I was diagnosed with clear cell sarcoma. I never heard of it before. Um, And yeah, it's just kind of rocked my world now. So
1: So this is like a short turnaround. I mean, a lot has happened to you and 2020 has been difficult for most people yeah <laughs> you've had it particularly bad so let's start from the beginning because I, i'm really um not only am i interested in your story and, and what you've been through the last couple of months because not only is it good to to have our listeners hear about your story but also to raise awareness and for people who potentially could go through the same thing and um, i always find even with my own experiences that when we Learn from them when we grow from when we pass on the information and then we share the knowledge, yeah. it kind of connects everyone a little bit, a little bit more, you know. Yeah. Um, so talk to me, you were back in February, yeah. So,
2: a year 2018, I kind of got like a small lump on my hand, yeah. And um, it just I just didn't think anything of it, I just thought it was it would go away, like, yeah. And then it just kind of continued to grow, and um, I my husband used to say to me, that's from texting because <laughs> I used to literally just text <laughs> with, my, with my thumb over, like cross over like with one hand. And I used to be like, it's not from texting. And he's like, it is from texting. And like, so I had no sympathy at all from him. And um, it was, it, the lump started to get bigger and I hit it in work then last year, I think close to October, I'd say last year and it, a second lump grew. And it just started to pain me. Um, it would wake me up in the middle of the night and I'd actually cry sometimes because there, like it was really paining me. But at the same time, I never in a million years thought that would be cancer. Like
1: Yeah, of course.
2: So, um, so, yeah, so I was in work and the girls in work were like, you need to go to the doctor, you need to go to the doctor. And I was like, I know, I know. So I finally booked um, the doctors um, in December of last year and when he looked at it, he just said, "Like, oh, it might ju- you might just need like plastic surgery on it."
3: Mm.
2: Well, he said, "You should get a private test on ultrasound and a private MRI." I had no health insurance, mm-hmm. so I went in, got the ultrasound done in James's hospital, and the guy there was looking at it, and he was like, "I'm I'm I'm a bit unsure," and um, he said, "Like, I need to speak to a colleague of mine." It looks like it's benign, so it's not cancerous, Um, but we may need an MRI. So I was like, okay, Grant. So I was delighted that it was, he said to me, there's no cancer there. Mm. And I thought, this is great. Like, you know, and then I got a phone call from James's, like, I think it was like close or close to Christmas. And they were like, do you want us to book your MRI in? And I was like, "Um, well. Just give me a second. Like, how much is that going to be? And they were like, it's going to be three hundred euro. And I was like, oh, I'll leave till January
3: because
2: mm. it was coming up to Christmas, and I just thought, ah, oh, you know, put it on the back burner as you do. And um, something told me to book to change the the booking for the MRI to claim because I work in Klein. Yeah. So, but in the middle, in the min- in the meantime, my doctor had al- also booked a public um, appointment with a consultant for plastic surgery. Um, to happen say on the 12th of February and I had my MRI done at the end of January but I had no call from the doctor by the time I got to the plastic surgeon I only had the disc from the MRI and at that I didn't I wouldn't know how to know what was on that I didn't Mm -hmm. have the report so they looked at the disc they had a look at my hand they said worst case scenario we might have to take a nerve out of your leg and reset it in your hand um, but if 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 it's gone into the nerves, if it's not, we'll just peel it off and stitch it up, and you'll be fine. And they said we can have you in next week to do that. And I was thinking this is great because it's public now, and it was so fast. So um, I had booked to go away then the fo- the following weekend, but not until the Saturday. And the operation was the Friday, so I was thinking I won't go. But I'm taking the chance to get rid of this now. Like it doesn't matter, like and um, so I was already geared up for the the operation on the Friday and I got a phone call on the Thursday from Marlise the consultant and she said I'm really sorry Um, she said we got your results from the MRI and we need you to come in for a biopsy we're not going to be doing the operation tomorrow Um, we don't usually like to do this over the phone but We've no choice. I was waiting for a colleague to have a look. He's looked at the reports and he's not convinced. So we want you to come in for the biopsy. So I was like, right, OK, um, I was a bit nervous, I was a bit upset. I Still never in a million years thought anything bad, like as bad as it was. And um, anyway, went in, went under general anaesthetic and um, got the biopsy done. I decided to go away on Saturday because the biopsy was like it was just a biopsy and it wasn't the operation, so I was like YOLO, go yeah. away, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I went to Liverpool, <laughs> yeah, um, and I had my hand bandaged for the whole weekend. It was bleeding, but I just kept it really clean, and I went to Boots and like really looked after it, um. Was a bit shocked looking at it because it looked really weird. Two big lumps kind of gone out of the lumps, um. But anyway, I, en- I enjoyed my weekend as much as I could, and yeah. came back on the Monday and got a phone call on Tuesday, to say, "Can you come in tomorrow?" Um, and I was like, the receptionist was. I was like, "Is there like is it good or bad?" And she was like. She, they're obviously trained how to speak to people on the phone because the, you couldn't get anything from them but my brother's husband is a gp and he told my brother go to the appointment with her like we have to go like um for him to to know that there was something wrong mm. before we got there but he didn't he didn't tell me either i just i just sensed it yeah so the next day myself my husband my brother and his husband, Joe, was there. And when I seen his husband, I got a fright because I wasn't expecting him. Mm. Um, he didn't come in. I would, didn't mind if he wanted to come in, but I think he was just respecting me and he was just waiting outside. So we went in anyway and Marie said to me, Amy, it's not good and you have cancer. And I said, what? Like, and she was like, yeah. Um, She said, we're not sure if it's a sarcoma or a melanoma. Um, And she said, we're going to need to send her the biopsy off to the UK for further testing to see which type of cancer it is. And my husband, like, I remember, because I could, I remember this part, like, he was sitting beside me and the next thing his chair pulled closer to me mm. and his nose started bleeding and he was just shocked, like, and my brother, I could just see him, like, just going like that, like, and it was just... Crazy, like we we're just like, oh my god, like is this serious? Is this real? Like, and I said to her, well, which cancer is better? And she said none of them. So I was like, alright. So I, there was nothing. There was nothing good out of finding out that I had cancer. Um, and she just, I, I just said like, I don't. I'm not sure exactly what you're saying. I can't really hear you. I'm just a bit all over the place. Um. So anyway, she just told me that the biopsy would go off. She said she didn't want to ring me for two, for two weeks um, because she didn't want to give me news and dribs and drabs. Mm. Um, she said it w- wouldn't be fair. But then she rang me the following week and she was like, the results came in for the, the biopsy. Do you want me to tell you over the phone or come in? And I was like, just tell me over the phone. Um, I probably should have went in, but I didn't because... What I heard her saying was that it was localised, which it was localised, but at the same time, that didn't matter. Like, it, I was, like, I found out later on that I wasn't able to have treatment, even though it was localised. Um, And I remember saying, that's great, it's localised. And I remember listening to her tone and there was nothing there. And I was like, there's something else wrong. But I was just over the moon that it was localised and... I thought I could get treatment or an operation to remove the lumps. What? Sorry to interrupt, you, Amy. What does localized mean? So localized means it's in one area; it hasn't okay. spread yet. Like, it hasn't gone up because this type of cancer is very aggressive, mm-hmm. um, and it it travels to the lung. Okay. So yeah. So, um, that's what like. So when she had said so localized, I was thinking this is great. Like, but anyway when I get to the part um so everybody was kind of relieved and the pressure was sort of off and everybody was probably thinking the same as me that we'd have chemo or radiation Mm -hmm. or something so I got a phone call then off a woman in Kappa hospital to say that my consultant wanted an opinion from a doctor Alan Malloy um in Kappa could I come in um on in a few days time so I said yeah no problem still didn't cop anything about like orthopedic nothing just was real blindsided by like what was to come um and myself and my husband came went out to Kappa and COVID was like really hitting at this stage and there was a, a sign to say only one person allowed in so I said right I'll, I'll run in and when I went in I was sitting outside um Dr. Al-Mullay's office and his receptionist came out to me and she said, are you on your own? And I said, well, my husband's in the car. And she said, well, I think you should go out and get him. So she walked out with me and I was like, what, what's going on? Like, mm. I still didn't expect anything. Um, so I ran out, rang him, he came in. And he, when we went into Dr. Al-Mullay, he had a, the screen up with the disc from the MRI and he was able to show me... Um, on the lumps on the hand that it was starting to spread. So there was a wing, say, on this side and then a wing on the other side. And he said, so do you know where we're going here? And I said, no. And he said, amputation. And I said, what? I said, no. I was like, oh, my God, no. Oh, no way. Like, how? Like, I just visualised myself, like, with no hands. I was like, oh, I can't. I just just couldn't. It was just so... um, so strange and just really sad and just everything all the emotions was just like it's it's like my like your front house like basically um and just the cosmetic side of it i'm not i just thought what am i gonna look like and i know it's it's shallow to say but it's that's how i felt at that time of course like and that's the reality of it like you know um so then my husband was like, are you sure you can't, can you not do an operation or can you not like cut it out or, and he said, to be honest with you, if we cut it out, he said, Does it poss- you won't have use of your hand. And I was thinking, I don't care. I'll still have my hand. Yeah. I don't care if it doesn't work. Um, And he said, you're going to, what will happen is it will get infected and eventually you will have to get it amputated. Also, the particles of the cancer, we won't be sure we'll have gotten them. They could be in your fingers. They could be anywhere else, and it could still travel. Mm-hmm. So you have to. It has to. The only option here is to amputate the the hand. Is so. Um, it's. It, there's nothing to it, there's no flesh on it. If it was your leg or your hip or something, you'd be able to cut out the piece and yeah. you know. Um. So we had to just like try and get our head around it. Um, I left. We left, and I was just like, I can't believe this. Like, this is like, this is like a nightmare. Like, do you know, it, w- it was more like the. Then I just started to think about the actual brutality of what I was haft- what I was going to have to go through yeah. more so than actually not having a hand. Like the fact that they have to cut off your hand is just insane. Mm. Like to even to comprehend that comprehend that I was going to have to endure that is just was just on another level like and um, we left and I just said bring me the Krispy Kreme I need sugar <laughs> I said I need sugar I, can, I have to get a domino here or something like what else am I going to do I was like there was no I was like I'm not I don't need a drink I need a domino like <laughs> and I rang my brother and I was like Oh my God, you're not going to believe this. And I told him and I was like, actually, I was like, I can't, I can't talk to my friends. I, I can't tell anybody. I feel so embarrassed. Like it was just this embarrassment that came over me. And it was just like, oh, like, oh, I don't know how I can even tell people this, you know. So he said, well, look, just, you don't have to tell anybody now. Like, um, and the consultants were all meeting on the Monday, and they were going to confirm everything on the Monday. Um, so I, I just, all my friends were texting me. Everybody was texting me, and they were all saying, "How did you get on? How did you get on?" And I just said, "I can't talk. Yeah, I just could not bring myself to tell people what was going, what was to happen. I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a girl that I work with." Uh, rocked up at my house because <laughs> she just knew that there was something wrong and she said do you want to get your nails done your hand nails done tomorrow Um, and I said yeah okay I said you kn- you do know that it might be my last time that I get both of my hands done and we laughed because that was the possibility more like it was the likely like more likely that it was going to happen but I just tried to joke about it um. And we went, we got our nails done. And um, I remember taking photographs of my hands with like, sorry, the last photographs of my hands with my nails done. And I remember thinking, this is probably the last time I'm going to take photographs of my hands. And I took a few photographs of them because I was like, it was just such a surreal kind of like, you know, feeling um, and then I went in on the Monday and Marley said we've all there's a team because nowadays with cancer you've got a team that looks after you it's not just one person that makes the decision Um, we feel that this it's the right thing to do the cancer is so aggressive and it's moving very fast and basically it's going to be this week and I was like what and she said yeah uh, with Covid we need to get you in as fast as possible. So I left the hospital on the... Mo- oh, I said to her, is there anyone else that you know that I've had this, the same thing as me? Because I need to talk to them. Yeah. Now. And she said, there is a man, he's um, he's in his 50s, Paul is his name, I'll get his number for you. So within an hour of leaving the hospital, it, it, some nor- receptionist I think rang me and she said, I have Paul's number for you, he wants to talk to you. And there'll be a bed ready for you tomorrow night, and I was like, "Oh God!" So, um, so I just thought, "Fucking hell!" Sorry, for, you can cut no, this bit. No, you can, swear, you can <laughs> swear. I just thought, Jesus, like, um, what am I gonna do? I this is happening. Like, there's no, there's no way out of this. It's it's going ahead. Like, I'm either gonna, like, not get the operation and die, or get the operation and live. So I had to choose what the right thing to do was and mm. um, even though it wasn't the easy an easy um, choice I had to you know it was it was the right thing Um. so then I rang Paul and he he told me don't worry it's all right it doesn't hurt everything's gonna be all right <laughs> and you know it's a it's a matter of life and death Amy here and you have to go with it like you know he said, "I'm a man." He said, "It's probably a bit different for me." He said, "And don't be afraid when you get it. Like, don't don't hide it." And even though I still kind of do at the moment, I'm not at that stage yet. Yeah. And um, but I don't want to go out and like you know show it all off, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and he just said, uh, "He he's like, I don't care. Like, you know, mm. it's like it is what it is, and I'm alive and all that." And it was it was really refreshing to speak to him. Um, and. Yeah. So anyway, the next day I got my friend came down and dried me hair and you know got me packed up and went to the hospital to meet my husband. And when I got to the front door, the security were like, "Only you know, only one person's allowed in." And I was, I just was like, "What?" And they said, "Yeah." And I said, "But he has to come in." I said, "He has to come in with me. Like my hand is getting taken tomorrow." I can't, like, I need him, like, mm. no, um, you need to be at the receptionist. So I went to the reception and they rang the ward and they said no. And I just thought, oh, my God, how, how am I going to, like, I have to walk through them doors on my own and go through this. Like, it was just this part was like the most horrific part of the journey, I think, so, so far. Um, and it still kind of gets me <laughs> when I talk about it. But um, I just, I, th- I thought, can I, I can't go in here. I thought for a minute I was like, I- I'm leaving. <laughs> I can't do it. And then I, I walked over to the wall because like there's literally nowhere to go in the hospital. You're just, you've, you, there's not. Everyone is wearing masks. Everyone's mm-hmm. standing around like you're just. So I just walked over to the wall with my case and. I just said, OK, just calm down, just calm down. And um, my husband was just like, it was just an awful kind of, I know, not am crying. He, he um, my job were really good and they put him up in the hills in Clemainham for two nights. So he was close by. Um, and um, he... I said goodbye anyway and I went in and then I just I just rang him straight away and we were talking on the phone and um, I uh, I had it was the most weirdest thing ever I I'm not really a teddy person or anything like that but thanks but my mum's friend thank you Aoife actually gave me this teddy a few years ago before I was going to Canada it was one of those te- teddies that you pop in the microwave and they give you heat like yeah. so for comfort like and I just Threw it in the case. I don't know why I did. I just felt it was there in front of me, and I just put it in. So, I just had that, and I felt like that—that that was the only kind of comfort that I had there um, at the time. And when you're in hospital, I don't know if anyone else knows this, but like all the women, to be dying to know what you're in for, what when when you're going down, and you know, and like if you don't if you don't come out of your your little where your bed is and your little section they'll come to you and they'll, they'll talk to you. <laughs> so I had a few people um come over to me and, you know, this girl called Karen, I remember her name. And actually, I named Teddy Karen <laughs> because well, she, uh, she just came over and was asking me like, what are you in for? And all, and like when I told her, she was just shocked. Yeah. Couldn't, she could barely even speak back to me. It's, such an unusual um, cancer Um, it's a rare cancer it's a 1% and it's a 1% of the type of cancer that it is and and she was just stunned like and I remember saying to me um, do you want some of me sandwich? She wanted to share a sandwich, a ham sandwich with me. And Leo was coming on the telly for the first time to announce, you know, his uh, his speech and all, and I was just like, what is going on here? Like there was a woman in pr- in pr- across from me, um, <laughs> like it was just mad, like um, it, it was crazy. Um, so I had a bit of entertainment and I kind of got myself together. And a few of the nurses and that came by took your bloods and all. And Shane actually came by and he actually marked my arm where I was going to be amputated from. So it was a five centimeter margin from my wrist down, and um, for a clear for a clear margin. Um, that was really unusual because you just see like a marker and a little arrow, you know, pointing to where you're going to be, kind of, mm-hmm. cut. So um. Yeah that was odd Um, but he was he's such a nice guy he was really kept me at ease Um, so anyway then the next morning came and I was just petrified I had to I just got on the trolley and I just cried and cried and the woman that was wheeling me was like what are you going down for are you right?" and all and I was like well wait until I tell you now because you're not going to be all right (laughs) you know when I tell you because I you know so I told her I said I'm actually going to have my hand amputated and she was shocked like again it's just so like you know it's 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 hard it's a hard one to take in so she was wheeling me, crying down. I'm crying, the two of us crying, <laughs> you know, getting wheeled down. And I was just petrified because my mom is not here. She passed away seven years ago. So all of that stuff came up for me around her past and, um, and just the loss of her and her not being there. Mm. And it's so weird because when you talk about manifestation and all the rest, it's so true because for a long time, for like maybe a year, I visualized myself in hospital, but I didn't know what it was for. <laughs> right? And I could just, I always feared that I would end up in hospital. And my mother wouldn't be there. Mm. And it happened. And I also dreamt that before I knew anything got to do with cancer or the amputation that I was going, my my arm, my, in the dream, my whole arm was being amputated. Wow. Like it actually came to me before it happened. Um, and I remember going into work one morning and I was like, girls, I'm after having the most horrific dream ever. And like, it actually happened. Like, it's so weird. Um, So anyway, go back to the, the trolley and I'm going down and I'm just sobbing. And like, everybody is just, you don't know anybody. And mm. you, you just don't know. you just, the uncertainty of everything. Um, You're going to go in and you're going to come back out with out your hand. So anyway, I went in and then... When they were putting me to sleep, the, my vein wouldn't, that it wouldn't take for ages. So it was really sore. And then I'll, like, I just remember then just the plastic thing going on my face and I was asleep. And then I woke up and I wasn't out of the recovery unit until my blood pressure went down cause it was up. But I remember saying to them like, oh, can I see my husband after this? And they were like, yeah, yeah. And that really just got me through, like, that time being in there there was nurses and doctors and stuff that were coming over to me and asking me about what what happened like how I found out I had cancer you know what my story was um while I was in the recovery and I was chatting away to them and you know I was you know I was on a really good buzz (laughs) um on the morphine and um anyway I got out and I got back to the ward and I said, can I see my husband? And they were like, No.
3: And I was like, What?
2: I was like, What you just told me, but they obviously told me that I could so that I'd just stay calm because I probably wouldn't have Um So I was really upset over that. Um and I said, Well, you know, I need to see him, like, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna have you need to I need to get down to the front door. Like, you have to get me a wheelchair, I need to see him, like, I have to get to the front door. Um I don't know how I knew this but I knew that I'd have to wait for two hours I don't know maybe they told me Um, so I waited for two hours anyway and then I got a wheelchair and I went down and I seen him at the front door for five minutes but it was I just wanted him to see that I was okay mm. um, um, and then it was just heartbreaking then walking away like and then like I had like just a big bandage on my arm and it was just real sad but there was this woman she was just she worked in the hospital she wasn't there with me but she seen me and she was like I'll wheel you back up um and I kind of felt that she was meant to be there or something yeah. it was real got that sense mm. and she said she she just shared with me that her own mother had passed and I just thought this is a connection I just really felt that she was supposed to bring wheel me back up mm-hmm. so she wheeled me back up anyway and Again, I, I'm i not someone that comes out of the, of the curtain. I just keep private. Yeah. And then I was on a new ward and there was this woman. I could see her from my curtain and she was looking over at me. She was an older woman and she'd smile and I'd smile at her. And I just got this notion to get up and go down to the shop and get myself biscuits mm. and seven up or something. Mm. and I just said does anybody want that in the shop
3: <laughs> <laughs> literally does anybody... <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Lily Lily is her woman's name the older woman's <laughs> name and she said to me would you go to the chemist for me and get me cream from me beard <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Do you mean Imac cream?" And she goes, "The pink and white one." And I goes "That's Imac. Yeah, no problem. I go down and get you your Imac." So, so literally, I'm I not joking. I literally <laughs> went down to the <laughs> shop with one with my iron banded stuff one hand, went into the chemist, I ordered Imac cream, I got my biscuits, and went back up. And I, I just said is this the cream and she said yeah and I was like oh great and then there's another woman beside her I can't think of her name but she was a real moody woman and Lily used to look at me through my curtain and go roll her eyes there she is again <laughs> she's off again she was real she was real moody and bully to Lily yeah. she'd say things to her and then Lily would like real mean things and like I walked out. Um, they started asking me questions about what I had happened, and I was telling them. And the the, the mean, we call her the mean girl. She uh, she said, "Will you o- will you open that seven up for me?" And I said, "Yeah, no problem." So there's me with one hand, the bottle of seven up in between my leg, and twisting the cap, and you know giving her. You just couldn't make it up. So. I found a bit of comfort in that and I loved the fact that there was it, there was a little, there was a sense of a community in the ward that yeah. I was in and there was also two other women and I'm not joking you, I was absolutely devastated. They, they came to me, they had, one of them had gum cancer and she could barely speak and she lived in Waterford so she like couldn't see her family either and then another woman had kind of throat cancer and she couldn't speak so she had a little board and she'd come over to me and she'd write on the board and tell me her story on the board and I was devastated for her and I just said, have you got your, give us your phone. Do you, not, do, you do meditation? I said, give me your yeah. phone. I said, YouTube, I put on meditation. I said, please listen to that. It will help you. Yeah. I said, because I said you need something because you don't, you know, again, so lonely. She was only 60. Her family devastated. I was broken hearted for those women more so than I was for myself at the time. I was just like, oh, my God, like that is horrific. Even though what I had was horrific, but I just could I could see that other people were suffering mm. and you know, it was awful. And then I I had that night in the hospital, um and I was out the next day, but I I was on the morphine pump so I used to just press it every 10 minutes it was great like it was literally great <laughs> the best invention ever and I knew I set my alarm and all on my phone like to remind <laughs> me, me, to me down. For, the, for the tablets for the, the, the nurses to come down for more tablets and all like I had it it's like I was real like I got a real system going and yeah. I felt like I'm in control <laughs> of this here you know the, the nurses thought I was mad like and I kind of was a bit mad like I was real like you know I got this I'm gonna make sure I get the best of what I need here, <laughs> you know?
3: Yeah.
2: And they just thought, I was, I was, I was a bit crazy, but fun crazy. And um, anyway, the next day I had to get a PET scan done to make sure that the cancer was gone. So off I went down again, another strange experience as wheeled down. Um, I was in this little room and I'm not joking, it was, I don't know, how, I don't know square footage, but it was tiny, there was a chair in the room and a wall, and then you just walked out, like it was so small. And I remember I had to sit there for an hour, but I just was, I just put my feet up on the chair and I just kind of fell asleep. And then they called me in and I got the scan done. And when I went back up to the ward, it was so surreal. It was like I was in a film.
3: Mm.
2: Everybody was gone. All the beds were moved. There was people sweeping the floors, mops were out. Everybody was all over the place. It was just crazy. I was like, what is actually going on here? Uh, We've moved everyone to different wards. Um, This is going to be a COVID ward now. Mm. I was like, oh my God. So it was all real fast. Then everyone had, all the doctors and my consultant had to come around, see me, sign me off before I left. I was literally in and out. I was gone. When I left the the ward, I had to go to the, I met my husband at the door, gave him my bits and I had to run back to the chemist to get my prescription. I was going. I was being put on oxycontin drugs, mm. and um, when I was at the front door, the the guy from the ultrasound, the original guy who told me it wasn't cancer, walked in, and I remember going, "Oh my god! Like that's him! Like, you know." Um, and then I had to run up. I just said, "Right, just just run up to the chemist." I came up to the chemist, and the, you have to wait outside f- until it was my um, medication was ready. And he walked up past me and into the chemist. And I was like, is this, what is this about? Like, I was just thinking, why is he, why am I faced with this man? Now, I know everybody doesn't always get their job right 100%. But at the same time, I couldn't help feel like, how could you not get that right? Mm. Um, Why did you tell me that I wasn't cancer? Um, I wanted to say it to him. I didn't. Um, I looked at him and he looked at me and I just... I just thought, oh my god! Like this is just strange that I seen him yeah. when I was leaving the hospital. Um, anyway, I left, and then you're 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 back home. You're on the road to recovery. Then from from there, um, this part then was like the first five weeks were were really hard. Um, I had pain. I had a physical pain. Um, I had I, w- I woke up in the middle of the night. Um you know, a few times in the night, um, every time I woke up I looked down and my hand was gone. Um it was really difficult to excuse me, to start to accept that. Mm. Um it was every time, every morning you wake up before you take your medication, you were like you were this is what you were faced up against. That your hand was gone and you were in pain and your life was just like literally turned upside down like you couldn't believe it um at this stage my husband had to help me have showers wash my hair dry my hair tie my laces um all the things that we take for granted that you never imagine without would only have in one hand what you can and can't do mm. so this was all starting to set in um my mother not being there was the grief was completely reactivated. There, my own grieving was going on for the hand. I didn't know, I didn't, I'd never been in this situation before. I had nobody to measure off. I know your man Paul was there, but it was, it's different. Um, going through it, um, so that was really difficult and it was a big struggle for the first five weeks Um, and then eventually I started being able to do everything myself um, Mm. on my own. I still, I'm still practicing the tiling the laces, Um, but uh, yeah. And then putting your hair up in a pony, I can't do that. Um, Which every girl loves to be able to just tie their hair up in a pony and off their face Um, Mm. and that was a really big one for me my husband's great, he can do the, the gav bun, we call it. <laughs> <laughs> he just, and I'd be like, you know, ah, oh, you're hurting me, you know, it's like you're a kid again. He's like, I don't know the strength of my hands, yeah. you know. <laughs> but in fairness to him, like, he does a good job. He knows now, now get it this way and yeah. make sure that it's neat on each side and, you know, and yes. higher and higher <laughs> and, you know, so he he's good that way. Um, But... All of that, you know, um, had to happen and just progress and then the healing of my arm itself started to accept. Now I can look at my body and I can say, okay, my hand's not there and I know it's not there. Mm -hmm. And I'm at that stage where I I can, I don't know, I I can accept that that's not, that that's gone. Um, I find it difficult to accept that You know, like, I think, I don't know what what, what I was trying to think.
1: It's, 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 you know what, it's so good, Amy, because your account of it is just like when we were all set here, like, in tears. Like, I feel like every part of that story, like, I was with you on it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm with you on it. Mm -hmm. And, like, I look at you and you're the picture of health. You just would never know. You're the picture Mm -hmm. of health. You are, like, everything that I would imagine a healthy Woman is, yeah. and for you to have to go through this, and as you are telling your story, I'm thinking, where is the justice in this? Yeah. How is this fair? Yeah. How is this fair? Yeah.
2: You know. I know, and I have thought about that, and like part of me, like I'm not like I'm, I'm a real determined person, so I I I don't want to be a victim of yeah. my story. I want to to get through it, I want people to see that I can get through it. I will get through it. And that like if anyone has to come up against this, that at least they can come to me mm. and see that I have done it and that I am going to get through it. Like, I'm still not out of the woods. Like I have my next journey is prosthetics um, and how people are going to view me now with a prosthetic. Mm. Do you know, there's a, there's so many different parts of this journey. That are f- so emotionally overwhelming, and yeah. it's a real um it's like i feel feel like I've no choice but to surrender no. in each situation and let it kind of unfold and heal and um yeah and just kind of move move through the motions till I get to a place where. I feel safe because it's yeah. for me. It's a it's an unsafe feeling right now because it's an unknown feeling. It's an unknown territory. It's all uncertain. I don't know what way my life is going to be until I tick boxes, until I get the prosthetics, until I get back driving, till I'm back in the work uh, office. There's so much that I have to do that I have to face. Mm. Like it's not just, um, it's and it's hard to depend on other people as well um, with being such an independent person Um, and like that's been so challenging Mm. like so challenging
1: Um, How has your perspective of life changed since this happened? My perspective on life is that it's
2: really it can change so fast Mm. like what Today is is not going to be tomorrow, and um, people like should try and connect to that, and try and connect to the moments in their day, and not not worry or have to worry about their future or worry about what's going to come. Just try and accept what is now, and and trust that things will be okay or they will get better. Mm. Um, even when it doesn't feel like it's not going to get better because right now I'm still in that place I've been in many hard places before um, and I know I've been able to come through them right at the time I remember thinking when my mum died how am I ever going to like how can I live a life without her in it mm. and I was shook for a few years and I feel like I'm back in that place now or I am shook now for a f- for a few years but what can I do? I have to move forward. I have to tick those boxes, and I have to reach a place where I can say I feel safe now. Mm. Do you know, it's it all comes down to the, your feeling of how safe you feel in yourself. Um, we all have fears every day, and that's all the you know anxiety, fears, all the unknown, but when we get to a place where we're like, actually, that doesn't hurt me anymore or that doesn't bother me anymore. I feel safe in that area now. And I think ultimately that's what we all want in our life is to feel safe, Yeah. to feel safe no matter where we are. When we're around people, people can trigger you, your emotions, you can be anywhere in the world and you can be triggered and you can feel unsafe. Mm. We, we go into survival mode and we just want to feel okay again. Mm. It's the child, it's the inner child that is really screaming. And that one needs to be nurtured and and do you know what told you're going to be okay
1: your um awareness of everything is incredible mm. and your your ability to almost like see this from an outside perspective whereas i imagine there's so many people that have gone through similar traumas or experiences that wallow And that in this short period of time are not able to see any kind of perspective or to see the way you even speak about having the journey and what's to come and what you're going to have to face. And you say it with such bravery and such conviction of I'm going to do this. And this is, this is just, it's step one, two, three, four, Mm -hmm. and I'm, and I'm on one and here we go to, Mm -hmm. and when I get to four, then it's a new level. Yeah. Where did that come from? Where is this mindset from? my mother
2: yeah she she did she 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 gave me a lot of tools in life she always um she was always able to see the 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 result the end goal of like what it might be like for you now mm. is not necessarily what it's going to be like for you when you get there yeah Do you know and 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 just having that vision has helped me and It's something that is like it. it, Like as I said, like I know what I have to do, Mm. even though it's hard, it it hurts, and it's really hard. I know the journey. What I have to go. I know the end result will be. I'll feel safe again. Mm. It's the trust. It's 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 a big trust that you have to give in yourself. Mm. Um. But yeah, she would have. She would have um supported me and um always taught me that way, that's the way to live. Yeah. Yeah. And it's huge. Like it served me so well. Um and it's it's fantastic that I have that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm 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 happy I have that.
1: You're like, yeah. honestly, you're you're a credit to her. Yeah. You're a credit to her. So. You really are. Just I'm so um I'm so captivated by you and captivated Mm. by your story. You know, like you're you're very important to have in here tonight and to have your story and to be able to tell it so well and to have anyone that's going through something similar, to be able to listen to this story and to take comfort from us and to get strength from us. Do you feel that not that definitely I don't want to say that this was meant to happen to you, but do you feel that now that this has happened, that you have some sort of duty of care to provide maybe that safe space for other people that absolutely. could be gone through this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the one of the the things that I have thought about that this happened. We know when everyone says what well, happens for a reason and all that mm. you know I am the the advocate now for anyone that comes behind me it's yes. more so especially in Ireland um all, all, all over the world if if, if whoever wants <laughs> but no I definitely will um will will do more in this mm-hmm. this is this is the start of this journey mm-hmm. it's tough I will definitely be a support yeah I'll probably be a support not only for people that have had cancer but for for, for other for anything Mm. Do you know? Um but that's that's all gonna come in time. I can I can see that myself. Yeah. I will I will support people. I've always been a person that would support anybody, but mm. with this happening now, I certainly feel like it's a calling for me to step up and to be there.
1: Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Well, speaking of support. <laughs> <it's fucking laughs> If I cry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, so, speaking of support, I need a few therapists in here. Bloody hell. We need a, need a bloody therapy session.
4: Oh, you
1: should bring the down, <laughs> But speaking of support, obviously, the reason oh. why we, we, we have you here to tell your story, but obviously, yeah. um, you're doing all your media work and stuff for the last couple of weeks because we want to raise money for what is the technical term for it's it's, it's a bionic arm okay yeah and it's a it's a fully
2: functional um, pr- prosthetic arm and um, so it's got 14 different grip patterns and it calibrates all the muscle sensors on my arm so when I go in I'll have this my arm hooked up to a machine and they'll be able to see sort of what's going on and mm. um, uh, and then it will remember the calibration will remember my muscle sensor so when I put it on like I'll be able to open and close I'll be able to you know lift a cup up to my mouth and drink a drink and I'll be able to it, it's very futuristic it's very mm. fancy it's it's very expensive but it's the best on the market and I feel like I deserve the best Absolutely. because everything I've been through so I want the best so that's that's exactly... Um, and why
1: should you settle for anything less, right? Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So it's 75k? It's 75k, yeah. Yeah. 75 <laughs> big ones, huh? So yeah. you've been doing a bit of fundraising over the last, last while. You've yeah. reached some of the target. Is it 46,000 that you've reached so Just far? 46, yeah, at the moment, yeah. But we've obviously got a good... Yeah. A good bit to go yeah so i will invite in we've your two sidekicks here tracy and audrey coakley tracy do you want to have a little pull yourself into that mic there and let's talk about what the plan is next? <laughs> <laughs> thanks uh so explain to us what's the plan we've obviously you've been fundraising up until this point but going forward then i'm just spokesperson <laughs> <That's all. laughs> no um, yeah sorry. go on what's the plan going forward you're doing a bit of a I have a Um, sponsorship card in front of me I have been inducted I am number one sponsor Audrey Coakley come on the plan is yes
4: we want to raise 5,000 dollars. speak into that
1: mic there now Audrey
4: the plan is we want to raise five thousand I'm not here for nothing Lydia you know me she knows me more than anybody Amy Kelly Amy Lowry now yeah. so I'm here to raise five grand and the reason I'm raising five grand is to put towards the bionic arm yeah we have gone to a community which is most gyms
1: mm-hmm. as
4: you know my son's got has a gym so Dublin Combat
1: yeah Craig training. Muay Thai Champion team
4: Tri Training has donated hmm Team, uh, team Team Rhino, um, Melissa Brazel has gave some PTS, uh, four weeks PTS. Mm-hmm. Caitlin uh, has given PTS. Um, You've loads there. So I've lots of gyms that's gonna uh, gonna donate. It. So we're gonna do a raffle on Facebook. Yeah. We're gonna do a lotto raffle. Yeah. We're going to put all these packages together. There's been a lot of people that gave makeups and yeah. different stuff. Barbers gave stuff. Uh, c- cafes gave uh, vouchers. So they're going to go up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. There'll be a raffle. You'll pick it, a number. Um, there'll probably be four raffles. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the money will go to the proceedings of Amy's. Also, we have 30 women that are getting together.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Who we've given sponsorship cards, and we're going to do 50 miles in October. Brilliant. And we're going to raise as much money on this as well, and it's going to Amy.
1: Yeah. And so I'm
4: that's w- why I'm here. Not for money, lady. Yeah.
1: she deserves the best she does she deserves
4: the best I want money
1: (laughs) well I'm delighted to say that I've been given my first sponsorship card so I'm happy to be inducted into this new sponsorship I'm I'm delighted to do anything that I can we'll also put a call out to anyone that's listening that wants to get involved that wants to show a couple quid your way Um, I'm happy we have a Patreon at the first exchange if anyone donates to our Patreon after this episode, until the next one, we'll give all proceeds to that as well. Oh, to right towards this. Um, go on, go I on. Audie. Thank Tracy, who's helped
4: me with this uh, fundraiser as well, and the people that have donated. It's very important that they get a recognition in this as well. Yeah, we're a community spirit.
1: Absolutely. Well, that's what we we're just saying with Amy, you know, and we're talking about it. Tracy, you can talk. Everyone's everyone's whispering here. It's okay. Talk into the mic there. I, is... I just wanted to say this logo that um Audrey came up with. So help a hand that needs a hand. And I think it's very relevant to, the, to what we're fundraising for. Absolutely. It yeah. is. Yeah, brilliantly. But go back there, Audrey Coakley. Community. You are someone who is big yeah. on community. You do a lot for your own community. And you're obviously here with Amy. How important is it? It's so
4: important. It's so important that as a community that you can just switch on and ask people. Like it didn't take much for when I reached out to the community. When mm-hmm. I reached out to these gyms and hairdressers and wherever I have to put on this mm-hmm. uh, Lotto, uh, it was like in a blink of an eye. Yeah, watching it, watching it, watching it. That's the spirit. Yeah, that's the spirit. They all know where it's going. They all know it's going to go to a good cause. That's me South. Mm. If 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 anything if anything um she deserves the best. Yeah. You know, when when I follow, when I Princess Amy, you know, yeah. I I am a friend of our mother's and she was the princess. As she, as she grew up, I watched her grow up. Yeah. So it's like it's a big part of my heart that mm. I can do something for her. You yeah. know, really and truly. I
1: didn't know that you knew you knew Amy's mum.
4: That's where I met Amy through her yeah. mum.
1: So this must be hard for you as well to see Amy go through this It's, it's
3: <laughs> <laughs> She's going to <out>. cry <laughs> She got her there
1: <laughs> Come on back to the therapy chair <laughs> <laughs> Audrey Covey is now flapping around the studio because I may I may have <laughs> touched, a nerve. I touched a little nerve Had to jump with the knife <laughs> <nerve. laughs> i won't yeah. put you on the spot i won't put you on the spot but i know i can see how much it means to you. i can see how much it means to you there and yeah. tracy as well
3: yeah.
1: um but as i said if anyone is listening and that they have a couple quit no matter how small no matter how big um get in touch let's 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 meet the 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 rest of this and i'd love you to come back in when you do reach the target yeah and when you do have have your new arm yeah definitely will of course
2: um I'll, as I said, like I'll be able to do. I'll have two hands again. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I'll be back driving. I'll be probably in another, in a different headspace again by the time I get back. Mm. So yeah, it's going to be interesting now to see what unfolds um, and what happens and how I, you know, mm. get through these next, um, the next few months I suppose
1: where can people get in touch is there a contact a direct con- an email address or is there a social media if people want to even obviously we want we want a big we want to get these donations but also if somebody wants to reach out to you and just yeah. send you your well wishes or anything like that yeah. where can they get in touch well I'm on Instagram I, I'm i not I don't like Facebook <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I
2: deactivated my account again I just I don't know what it is about Facebook but anyway Instagram I'm under Amy Lowry um and the amy's army is if you type in uh google amy's army claire cullen um it will pop up and you can see you can i have a video up there of you know my the short video actually of my sorry but this is this is a much more in-depth chat here of of near, near literally everything that happens step by step mm. so um so yeah, and there's you can follow the GoFundMe, and it's it's uh, it's really exciting actually to watch it grow and yeah. um the little messages that people put in um, and any updates Claire will update you know different stages like I had a about a month ago I was cancer free so she updated the page with that because I had to get another by uh, sorry test done um just to follow up and that was was cancer free um also i'm medication free now the last Amazing. 4 weeks um again that's a completely other uh, another story it's yeah. a long story <laughs> actually <laughs> um but uh yeah i'm yeah so any updates or anything that's going on we um we update the page and i'll probably always keep the page as a memento is it mm. Memento or momentum?
1: Momentum me- momentum, yeah, me- momentum momentum I'm thinking. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Um and um yeah, it would be nice just to like for me, actually I just want to say this, it was really difficult for me to actually ask for help. Yeah. Um mm. it's so hard to ask um people for money. Um and that's why my friend set up the page, but even now that the page is open and it's like it's it's lying there kind of uh, like I struggle with that because I'm like mm. I just want this over with I want to close down and I want to just to get my arm and that's it like um I fe- do feel quite I know it I've exposed my story um but when you're waiting for something or you're asking for help it's very you're in a vulnerable position as well yeah so there's a lot of vulnerability going on around the situation as well as that Therefore, I do know it's I've a lot of support as well, so I hold on to that and I hold on to the support that I get, um, and thank everybody who is supporting me on the journey um, for the bionic and everything else. Um, but I just wanted to say that because that's that's a this is a really hard thing to do as well. Yeah, but being such an independent person, uh, and if you go back to me leaving Capa, I didn't want to tell anybody, not mm-hmm. even my close friends. To be here, to be actually speaking and allowing people to help me is huge. Yeah. yeah. You
1: yeah. need to be commended for yeah. it. Yeah. So, so. so I'm so proud of you. <laughs> so proud of you. Honestly, thanks. you're 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 absolutely incredible, Amy. Honestly. I I your this conversation tonight will stay with me forever. Yeah. Well, thanks. That yeah. is the impact that you've made, honestly. Uh, I'm really, you. really grateful that you came in. And that you, you let me give you an opportunity to do this. So thank you, you very, very much. Mm-hmm. Thanks a million to <laughs> for you. <laughs> I know. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> well, <it's>, you <laughs> have to leave quickly. <laughs> but honestly, um, I wish you the best of luck. And um, I know I know much. you'll do this. I know. I know. I tr- I trust in people.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, I trust in people. And I know that I, I'm in. I'm sold. Yeah. And I know that loads more will as well. So. <laughs> Thanks a million. Well, there we go. Amy Larry for the first exchange.